a reading from the book of Nehemiah. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we may no longer suffer disgrace. I told them that the hand of my God had been gracious upon me and also the words that the king had spoken to me. Then they said, let us start building. So they committed themselves to the common good. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they mocked and ridiculed us, saying, What is this that you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Then I replied to them, The God of heaven is the one who will give us success, and we, his servants, are going to start building, but you have no share or claim or historic right in Jerusalem. Then the high priest Eliashib set to work with his fellow priests and rebuilt the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set up its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred and as far as the Tower of Hananel. And the men of Jericho built next to him, and next to them Zakur son of Imri built. The sons of Hassaneah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set up its doors, its bolts, and its bars. Next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs. Next to them, Meshalem, son of Berechiah, son of Meshezabel, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, son of Bana, made repairs. Next to them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. Joida, son of Passia, and Meshalem, son of Besadea, repaired the old gate. They laid its beams and set up its doors, its bolts, and its bars. Next to them, repairs were made by Melatiah, the Gibeonite, and Jaden, the Marathonite, the men of Gibeon and of Mizpah, who were under the jurisdiction of the governor of the province beyond the river. Next to them, Uziel, son of Harahiah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Raphiah, son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. Next to them, Jediah, son of Haramath, made repairs opposite his house. And next to him, Hattish, son of Hashbaniah, made repairs. Machijah, son of Haram, and Hashab, son of Pehath-Moab, repaired another section and the Tower of the Ovens. Next to him, Shalom, son of Halahesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Hanan and the inhabitants of Zenoah repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and set up its doors, its bolts, and its bars, and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. Melchijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of beth Hakarem, repaired the dung gate. He rebuilt it and set up its doors, its bolts, and its bars. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days.
let's, let's just give it up for Allison Nahr. Right now, get those clapping hand emojis. If reading scripture, Allison was like skiing, that one had black diamond twists and turns. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Connor is showing you a little photo of the sections of the wall around Jerusalem that actually um, comes from the Lutheran Study Bible. I think this could be about a 10-week Bible study <laughs> to go through all the details. And I bet you had no idea that you would come to church today and hear about the Dungate, right? Right? Who said the Bible is boring? Not at all. Huh. So God's grace and peace to you. Um, wondering about uh, where this morning finds you. Uh, we always consider that as about 10 of us here sit in a nearly empty sanctuary, missing you, um, but knowing that the Spirit of God connects us in community when the Word of God is proclaimed. So each week in Lent this year, we are focusing on a reword, and this week is rebuilt. So this story from Nehemiah in the Old Testament, a bit of context is required. So Jerusalem was overtaken and the temple destroyed by the Babylonians. And the Israelites, God's people, were taken by force to live in exile, away from their beloved homeland and all the places where they knew God to be. Generations later, the people have returned to their beloved city, which is now in shambles. There are two books in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Ezra and Nehemiah, and they are written to chronicle the events of this return and this history of restoration. They call it the post-exilic period, and it witnesses to this reestablishment of the Jewish community. And Nehemiah specifically sees the devastation of this wall around the city, and he feels a call to rebuild it. Now, totally okay if you didn't even know the story was in the Bible, because it never shows up in the church's cycle of readings. This story was, however preached at the worship service prior to Donald Trump's inauguration. The preacher that day had three points, all centered around the building of a wall. Don't allow critics to distract you. Don't let setbacks stop you. And seek God's help to empower you and give you success. Now, clearly, we know that all preachers have limits, and all sermons cannot include everything. But this book of the Bible is more far-reaching theologically than the building of a wall. The heart of this story is the call of community. 
Within piles of crumbled blocks and burned gates was the story of something else that had been destroyed, that was still destroyed, and that was the heart and the faith of God's people. Nehemiah knew that the wall needed to be rebuilt, and so did the community around it. They needed to fortify who they were and whose they were. So the rebuilding required shared work, which required every bit of physical and human and divine resource possible. And that is why we asked Allison to read all these crazy verses today. And it's just a slice of the list of people in chapter 3 who were part of this rebuilding with their names and their particular tasks. When names are listed in the Bible like this, it's always an indicator that history is being marked. But even more in this list, Nehemiah knew that repairing the wall would require everyone's participation. The rebuilding of bricks meant the rebuilding of community. So you will notice that high priests are working alongside common folk. Perfumers and goldsmiths, probably not known for their building skills, are lifting and repairing as well. People from neighboring cities and areas are needed as much as locals. And you can't miss that even daughters helped their fathers. You see, the rebuilding of the wall was the rebuilding of community. People were called into action for a common good, and everyone had a place and call. Lent, the season that we are in right now, is a time to return to God and each other. I don't know, Mount Olivet, what is ahead for us as a community, where we will be called to build and rebuild. But in a way, I know we have been in exile over this last year, away from the expected places of God and community. Yet we're still here. We're worshiping right now. We're forming faith. We're praying we're still called into the community to respond to needs. And it takes all of us with our varied gifts and experiences. You know, fascinating this is, but Nehemiah was the cup bearer to the king of Artaxerxes of Persia. The cup bearer was the one in charge of making sure that the king was not poisoned from enemies in his eating and his drinking. Hearing of the ruined condition of Jerusalem, he prayed, and then he asked the king to send him to Jerusalem as the governor. And because of his role and relationship of trust, his request was granted he organized the Jews, he rebuilt the city walls, and reinstated religious observance of the Jewish law. I was thinking about this. My sons, Nick and John, in their small uh, confirmation group, 
Their leaders are a kitchen design consultant, a marketing director at a manufacturing company, and an athletic director at a metro school district, each in specific careers, and yet called to the building of faith for sixth grade boys. A few years ago, we listened to each other as a community, and Paul Nelson, an insurance agent, and Thad Lightfoot, an attorney, met each other for the very first time. They shared stories and wondered where they would be called to contribute here at Mount Olivet. And shortly after that, they both joined church council. Angela Gritton, our worship leader, is also a fitness instructor. Pastor Joel was a teacher in the Minneapolis public schools. And I underwrote mortgages. Even now in worship, choir members join visitors who pray with quilters. Members of the racial equity team connect with our green team. Retirees confer, com commune together with three-year-olds. Last week in his sermon, Pastor Joel reminded us that we live in faith and we wear mismatched shoes. Like the disciples, he said, we are imperfect doofuses who God calls and empowers each of us to be bearers of God's love and mercy. And this week, we hear that the community God has called to rebuild and reform is a mixed bag, a ragtag group coming from every position and place. On Ash Wednesday, Pastor Joel introduced our focus on release, another re-word, our wide invitation to be in solidarity with those facing housing insecurity. And we are praying that each week we will raise $1,500, money enough to ensure a family can stay in their home for another month through the Housing Assistance Program at PRISM, our social service agency. So this means, in order to do this, that our shared giving needs to span generations. Gifts coming from people we know and we don't know. Pennies meet $100 bills in every creative ways. This is the community rebuilding brick by brick, dollar by dollar, family by family, for the sake of a healthy, whole community. Please join this effort. It takes all of us, and we will never be equipped for the work. The rebuilding requires a leap of faith and daily sweat. So Holly and Mark, where, were you, where will your place be in the building of community? What gate will you repair, Ben and Ruth, Renee and Marsha? What bolts will you fashion, Ginger and Brian? How many cubic walls will you repair, Teresa, Joe, and Aaron? And Gloria, what will you hammer? Leslie, who will you work with? And Deb, and James, and Randy, and what will you bring, Barry, and Maeve, and Dave, and Betty, and Lisa? God's not mentioned much in this scripture. Clearly, Nehemiah felt a call from God 
to lead these efforts. It was through prayer that he had the guts to begin and stay with it through the ridicule and the opposition. In the dailiness of community work, that is how God was made known. Next steps were slowly made clear enough that the story unfolded even now. It's a bumpy ride, tedious and exhilarating, and there's a place for everyone. I invite to, you to think about where you are called to show up. I know it can feel isolating. We feel it here at church, too, when we worship online, when all you can see is the altar of your kitchen table. And so I invite you today to imagine the wider view. Consider all the places where each of us are connecting from and other people of the community and what they're doing today. Their experiences of daily life, where they are called to contribute to the rebuilding and the repairing and the forming of community. Each week, it's God who calls us back together we are the repairs and the ones in need of repair. We are saint and sinner. What is made known in God's word and in holy communion is the divine in the human, the marvel and the mystery, always a place for everyone to contribute and to receive. And so today, Bring your heart and your hammer and your hopes to the God who hires and heartens and heals and holds. It's time to rebuild. Amen.